Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So today on Vulnerable, I get an opportunity to speak to Maddie De La Garza. Madison is a, uh, an actress, a director, and a writer. We have known her from Desperate Housewives when she grew up on that set there. Her sister is Demi Lovato, and she really has such a unique lens into fame and the industry. But what I loved about it was that she was just so joyful about the things that she wants to do and the impact that she wants to make. And I was really honored to have her as a fan. And she was really sweet to come here after we met on TikTok. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Vulnerable. And here we are. Here we are. We're <laughs> sitting with Maddie, a.k.a. Madison, talking about the importance of having a nickname because yeah. my oldest daughter is Izzy. Yeah. And all the coolest people go by shorter names. <laughs> Izzy is, let me tell you a little bit about Izzy, please. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Izzy is a girl that is such an individual and she is like into STEM. She's wow. like, mm-hmm. So she's like into bugs. Love it. Right? Love bugs. She loves Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> but she's not, along. I'm saying, like she's not <laughs> goth, but she's just interested in the world around her in a way that's not like her little sister, Sophia, mm-hmm. who is glittery and loud Mm -hmm. that girl is so loud and so glittery and she changes her outfits five times a day (laughs) she she's four okay she comes down the stairs and she's like like she does this thing and i'm like what are you doing with your body like okay just work it just work it yeah do your thing girl (laughs) do your thing some people just come out that way yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter who they are it's just that's who they're meant to be and and like for me as a mom right i see my girls being so distinctly different. And I wanna like honor that and protect that because I'm living in, you know, Texas, where I feel like when I was growing up, what I know of the South, I've never, I didn't grow up in the South. I grew up in, I'm a Yankee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I grew up in California. So I'm a double hitter with, right. with Texans. They really don't like me, I guess. <laughs> Although I'm pretty happy. Um, but then I'm, I'm there and I'm like, oh no, like cheerleader culture. It's and, huge. Uh, as I'm saying, it's very prevalent. At right. a certain, even now, I see some girls starting to go on that route. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I know that my oldest, she's, you know, stunning and blonde hair, blue eyes, all the stuff. But it's not for her. Yeah. And and I want to honor that for her. And I want to listen to her spirit. And anyway, it's just kind of, I don't know why you're my, you, you remind me of Izzy in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. And my sister Dallas, she's more of the loud and glittery and 
Um, she's very <laughs> loves pink. Uh huh. Hello Kitty unicorns, all of that. I um, hated pink all my I childhood. Did. I did too. And I believe it really came from like internalized misogyny. To- totally. Now that I'm older, I'm obsessed with it now. I love pink now. Yes, my whole so- kitchen is is pink and blue. And it's empowering. It is. It really is. Yeah. yeah to realize where that was coming from mm-hmm. and to like fix that within myself and really like question, okay, what like what can I do about this and like where is this coming from and what can I do to change it and like really accept my own femininity and like, you know, getting rid of that internalized misogyny. It's been like a whole journey, but I think it's really important. Fucking A. <laughs> I just noticed that we're both wearing really cute hoops too. So like, <laughs> we are. We're, we're sisters. I'm adopting you. Sorry. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and so I had that internalized misogyny um, with blondes. Mm. This is kind of crazy. So like when I was growing up, um, I feel like there was a lot of like, uh, my mom actually didn't even get my ears pierced because she said I would look Latina. Really? And it was, and it honestly, it wasn't my mom being uh, racially discriminatory. I believe right. it was that she was nervous that I wasn't going to get casted because the yeah. feedback was that I was a little brown-haired, brown-eyed girl, and that the market was, we need a Latina market that we're trying to cater to now, and that was in the eighties. And then we had a blonde-eyed, blue-haired girl, and like that was always yeah. the girl that would book in. So. There was this one little girl named Maui, and I remember she was like six or seven years old, and there was a mom who would like dye her hair. Yeah. Okay. Like she would literally use peroxide on her child's hair, which I don't know if that's legal or what, but <laughs> again, it was the 80s. Right. And, and so her little daughter would book everything. And so from that time to even like, you know, throughout my career, right, it, it was a, a a conflict within me where mm-hmm. it's like I wasn't blonde enough or I wasn't like the every girl enough. Like I just wasn't enough. Right. And you live with that for a long time and, it, and it's a, a different level of internalized. Yeah. I don't know if I want to say misogyny, but it it does tend to lend itself to that concept of like Aryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, that yeah. internalized where it's like, and now right. the, 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 the deep irony for me is that I have two little girls who are blonde haired and blue eyed. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is my karma. (laughs) I got to deal with this shit in this lifetime. (laughs) Thank you. Crazy how things work out that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm so excited because Maddie and I have fallen in love on TikTok. Yes. And we were able to bring it stateside here. Yeah. Thank you for coming to a Vulnerable. Thank you so much for having me. Now tell I, me all your deepest, darkest secrets. I'm ready. Get I'm really so ready. Uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I promise. I promise I won't bite. <laughs> no, I'm so excited to be here. I mean, I like, I'm a huge fan. Yeah? Of, yeah, of the podcast, but also you. Thanks. Like, I, you know, I grew up watching you, so I'm like kind of fangirling a little bit. Really? Gotta be honest. So what yeah. do you know of me? I know, well, like, you know, every. Impossible Disney, probably, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> biggest one. That's a huge Kim Possible fan. I mean, I had the video game. I had the, like, on the DS and the PlayStation. And you like okay. Shigo Hair right now, <laughs> which I'm obsessed with. That was kind of part of the reason. Yes, girl. Why I did my hair like this. Um, yeah, no, I I just, like, could not believe that you answered me. And I couldn't, I can't believe that I'm here right now. Wait, I'm why? Like, <laughs> I well, I, I don't know. I just, like, you're so cool. Shit, <laughs> like, wow. Who am I? You know, I don't know. What are you talking about? You're Maddie. <laughs> yeah. You're Madison De La Garza. <laughs> yeah, it's me. You, you have value. You are yourself. You. you are extremely important. I see you. Thank you. 
And um, I think it's really, really important to talk to you because I talk a lot about, you know, families and media and stuff like that, but I never get to actually sit down and talk to somebody. Like, I actually don't talk to my sisters. Mm. Um, my sisters, my older sisters too, which makes it really hard. Yeah. Um, my older sisters, uh, and I have not talked for a few years. I think since I became a mom, it became a little harder for me to kind of endure some of their 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 hurts um, mm -hmm. with, you know, my mom kind of like going off and being with me when I was in the industry. Right. And um, there's nothing that I can do to, to fix that for them because also, too, I'm like, you're the older sisters. Like, you're supposed to know things. Right. Um, but at the same time, when I became a mom, I was like, wait, we all need to like figure our shit out. You know, mm -hmm. we're parents and like, I don't want to have to bear witness to you kind of pushing this onto your kids and like having this like generational stuff. And, yeah. and now I have kids, so I can't have you infect. It's very hard for me. Right. To, no, I understand that for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times, like when I, t when I talk to other folks, um, it's like, do you feel like displacement is just like a part of being a family that's in the biz? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we've had, um, I mean, I'd like to think that we had a very unique experience growing up. Mm -hmm. um, the reality is it's probably not that unique. Um, it was just, it felt unique because, you know, growing up in Texas, everyone else was um, cheerleading. Right. And yeah, and like, you know, <laughs> dating the quarterback and like mm -hmm. everything was so focused around school mm -hmm. and in college and everything. And we, our whole family just kind of went a completely different direction. Um, when we came to L.A., it was definitely, you know, we felt a little bit more at home. Mm -hmm. um, we realized we weren't so different. And I think, you know, back then at the time, I think a lot of actors, especially child actors, were coming from Texas. What? Um, what is that about? Right. I I couldn't tell you. I mean, it's it's I, I don't know why. But every yeah. time I would, you know, be at an audition and ask someone where they were from, it was always Texas. Well, Texas is also fucking massive. It, that's probably another reason why. I mean, yeah. it really is. You never knew. Like, it wasn't that you all came from the same acting class. It was like right? a lot. You know, a lot of. I mean, I didn't because mm -hmm. I was so young. Yeah. Um. But my sisters, they they were in like the biggest acting. I don't know if it was like an acting school necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um. But it was like it was like a program. You know, an acting program, and a lot of people in that class ended up um, making it. Uh, Kevin McHale, I mm -hmm. believe was in, was, you know, in that same circle. Um, and he ended up being on Glee. Mm -hmm. And um, who else? Um, Logan Henderson, I think was also in that group. And he was in big time, is in big time rush. Yeah, that's um, right. It's so, back. <laughs> yeah, it's back. It's back? Yeah, I think they're back. releasing a new single. I don't know. I think that's I saw awesome. that on Yeah, Instagram. they're like on tour and stuff. Yeah. And that's cool. Them. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to hate on a reboot. Uh, absolutely not. I never, I'm pushing for a Desperate Housewives reboot so hard, Wouldn't but I think cool? I'm like the only one. Like, Why? <laughs> that seems strange to me. Yeah. Yeah, Desperate I haven't heard anyone else. Reboot. I think so too. Um, I... I think a great idea, and I talk about this every time I can, so hopefully maybe someone from Desperate will see it and be like, oh, that's a good idea. We're manifesting uh, it. And manifesting. Oh, yeah. big on manifestation. Here we it's are. It's like huge in my family. Um, but I think a reboot with all of the children, like living, like all the, the children of 
the housewives yeah. coming back to the lane and now they're grown up and have their own kids and yeah i don't know that's my well because the actresses idea. are still i mean I don't know, they're all so beautiful and still yeah. they look good and um and so it's kind of like you could have eva longoria like up in the mix i mean she's i would stunning. love that oh my god i love her oh my she's gosh great. she really is stunning. yeah what was that like too i mean coming from texas you were so young how long was it before desperate housewives when you booked it well, I was still living in Texas when I booked it. Got it. Um, and they were like, okay, we're going to fly you out. Mm -hmm. um, we stayed at, they paid for us, actually, which was very kind of them. They paid for us to stay at the Oakwood apartment. I, I was, knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, classic. Yep. Um, so. Statistic. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so I was there for like a month or six weeks or something like that. And then so they gave us time to find a house too. Because originally my mom thought, oh, this is a dream sequence and sh or, you know, when she'll be in it for three episodes or something. Mm -hmm. And the producers had to tell her like, no, you have to uproot your life basically and yeah. move here because this is, she's a series regular and now she's not going anywhere. So the reason your family moved to California was because of you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like pointing, I'm like, don't point at her, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, my sister was on tour at the time and okay. we had planned, you know, she, um, I believe had booked Sunny with a chance. So we knew that she was going to be living in LA at least. She was sort of independent then. Yeah. Got it. Um, and, you know, I had both my parents. My dad would usually go on tour with her. And then I also mm -hmm. had my Aunt Lisa, who was like another mom. So I basically had like three parents. So, mm -hmm. so they would all kind of switch off and someone would take one of the siblings to L.A. And while the uh, while my mom stayed with me in Texas or, you know, however yeah, it worked it out. That's but. really cool, though, because we talk about displacement, but it seems like y you do have to make it work if you were going to be in, you yeah. know, in a different state that right. way. Like, yeah. that's great. So your Aunt Lisa, was she, were you really close with her then? Yeah, we're still very close. Yeah, she lives in Texas now, but mm -hmm. um, she lived with us basically my entire childhood. She was um, kind of like, not a nanny, but like she was like, she was your family member that was like your village. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and so she, she took me to set a lot. Half of the time it was my mom and half the time it was my Aunt Lisa. And mm -hmm. so, um, she, yeah, she got to experience everything with me and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was great having an extra level of support mm -hmm. and an extra family member that I you know I could go to and that I trusted and it was like having an extra parent. Which I was, was gonna say is it but was it different with Lisa than it was with your mom? Like when you went to Lisa for certain yeah. versions of support? Or yeah, she definitely. is your aunt. I mean, or how did that work? Really curious. Yeah, yeah, she. Well, actually, she's not technically my aunt, right? But um, I always called her that because that was the closest. Thing. That was the best title that I could give her. And yeah. uh, her and my mom were very different. So Lisa was like loud and crazy and didn't care what people thought. And my mom was more, you know, like conservative in the way that she was like, okay, you need to behave in public and not do crazy <laughs> things. And my Aunt Lisa would like I would dress up as a cat or like a reindeer around Christmas time and she would take me into public like that just like on random days. So I had I had the best of both worlds really. So I had my mom teaching me, you know, how to be a professional and mm -hmm. then I had my Aunt Lisa to go to when I just wanted to let go and be crazy and just Did you pool. did you like being on set? Like did you feel like you could kind of just be have fun and stuff? Yeah, no, so, uh, being on set was 
amazing. I was very mm -hmm. lucky. I mean, I've had bad experiences mm -hmm. on sets too. And once I had those bad experiences, I it made me realize how lucky I was on Desperate Housewives to have such an amazing crew. All of the other actors were so kind and Eva was always looking out for me and the crew was always trying to take care of me. It's nice. Um, it was a really, really great experience. It felt like a family. Mm -hmm. You know, I, like I was raised by a whole village of people. Not only did I have like an extra parent with Aunt Lisa, but I had like 30 people with me at all times, like checking in on me and help, basically helping to raise me. Because I, I believe, you know, from age six to 10, which is the years that I was on the show, mm -hmm. those are very important developmental years in, in a kid's life. Crucial. Yeah. So crucial. Yeah. while living, basically living on a set at the time, maybe, I don't want to say messed me up in some ways, but mm -hmm. definitely... I grew up differently Excuse than the kids around me. perspective. Absolutely. That's a great way of putting it. Yes. Skewed. Yeah. Uh, but I also, you know, I had a lot of support and I had a lot of people that cared for me and wanted yeah. to look out for me. And Well, and that's the thing great. is I think like we think of child stars and stuff and we're just like, oh, where, where did there's. On sets, people are like kind of implicated. They're they're bystanders, mm -hmm. you know. But when there's a child on the set, like there's that is an extra layer of consideration. For sure, you know you got to watch your language, and especially because you know Desperate Housewives was ABC, which was very much connected to Disney at the time. Right. I feel like the networks are a little different now, and that they've really like they've done some very different things. Yeah. So they're not as Disney-fied. But I remember back then, Desperate was definitely. It was a part of the magic. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of, um, I remember we had, I don't remember if it was a table read or if, I don't remember exactly why, but I went to do something for Desperate and it was in the Disney building. And I remember as a kid being so confused. Like green, I didn't the understand. The green one? The Disney Channel building? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I remember being, because there's, there's like one of the floors is, or maybe not now, but yeah. was dedicated so, to ABC. And I remember yeah. being, that was the day that I learned that they were intertwined. And I just remember as like an eight-year-old, I was so, I didn't understand. I was like, why are we in the Disney Channel building? This right. is like, um, but yeah, they were very much intertwined. They were, they were. And so- it's also kind of interesting because on Desperate, what I remember is that the media was really pitting a lot of those ladies against each other. Like they stoked that for sure all the time in the media. Um, and, and it almost became louder than the show itself at one point. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you had such a positive experience, it doesn't surprise me because I think like those women, some of them are probably moms and mm -hmm. others not, but it's like a, it's a female focused show yes. so the village that's raising you is probably a lot more maternal absolutely to the few children on set you right. know rather yeah. than it be sort of like a show about like athletic fighters yeah, like exactly <laughs> wearing yeah. affliction shirts and stuff it's yeah like not the same vibe yeah no it was it was great i was very lucky in that sense good um and they were very very maternal and very caring. So then how how has it been since then in general? Like what are your thoughts on being in the industry and like living here in California or um, just like, yeah, to start? I don't really know anything else. I don't know not being in the industry. It's been my entire life. And a lot of my friend, most all of my friends are actors or in the industry in one way or another. So it's kind of all I'm surrounded by. Mm -hmm. And 
I do see, I do see how all of my friends and myself have been affected by it. Okay. And how it's, it's changed us a little bit. Um, we definitely don't think the same way as other young adults who are not in the industry. We're definitely very work focused and very, you know, we, we work really hard and we're very much like professionally minded. We're all like constantly thinking about the next opportunity and how we can work together and help each other. That's something that I really do like about being in the industry and being surrounded by people who are also in the industry is mm -hmm. we're constantly thinking, oh, like, can we write a script together? Can we do mm -hmm. a project together? Oh, I'm, I'm writing a script. I'm making a short film. Do you want to be in it? And like, we're very collaborative and I do really appreciate that. That has been really fun. What I found about like being in LA in sort of my 20s or my earlier 20s too, it's like I've realized that I was starting to fall in love with storytelling and trying to direct. Mm -hmm. And so now we did talk briefly about um, before the interview about AFI. We have a lot of really awesome crew members that went to the American Film Institute. My husband went there and I got waitlisted twice. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I was very intrigued by being in command of the set because I'd grown up on sets and whatnot, right. right? And so sometimes it's like, you know, especially if you did have a mixture of experiences, it's like, what am I gonna be able to do on my set? Like how, if I'm gonna direct or produce, like what? what's, I wanna be the change. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly why I wanted to start writing uh, and eventually, decided to start directing mm -hmm. because I saw a lot of things, especially in casting, oh. um, that really, really bothered me. How, um, can you, can you like um, elaborate on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the main things that just absolutely drove me crazy was when you get an audition notice, and for me specifically, like I was only allowed or only sent auditions that specifically said all ethnicities welcome mm -hmm. or specifically said Hispanic Latina. Mm -hmm. And that really, the sentence all ethnicities welcome really actually bothered me because it was clear that they wanted a token minority. They didn't care what minority it was. Mm -hmm. um, they just wanted that token minority just so they could check the box. Yeah, that's shitty. Yeah. Yeah. There was no trying there was no authentic storytelling there was no trying to like get people's stories heard and show people different cultures and different backgrounds there was none of that it mm -hmm. was just checking a box mm -hmm. um and that really bothered me and so I, I did quit acting for a few years um because i thought there's just no way i'm going to be able to make the change that i want to see if i'm just purely acting like I need to get behind the camera and I need to start writing my own story and eventually you know that really worked out for me I love being a director I am acting again now um good I've I've noticed on some of your social media like you're filming certain things you're doing photo shoots like yeah. I feel like things are on the horizon yes I'm trying to I'm trying to get myself out there a little bit more yeah <laughs> yeah ready to get back in the game that's good. Um, but I do, I am really passionate about storytelling and directing. And um, I just released a film recently, very recently. Um, it's called Surprise. And it's a Zoom short film. So everyone is, on, which 
got very popular, I feel like, during the pandemic, which mm-hmm. was kind of when we started planning this. It's been a long journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but each of the actors are in different countries. So we have someone from the Philippines, someone in South Africa, someone in Canada, and then the other two actors are in LA. How did you recruit them? So we found them through TikTok. What? <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah, they do, you know, they are I noticed one big. of them because I saw I saw the trailer for it. So or yeah. something that you had posted. So I I knew one of them. Yeah. Super funny guy. Yeah. Um, and so were they people that you just like fell in love with or yeah. for the characters? Did you write the script first? So my producer, Max Marlowe, he wrote the script. It was mm-hmm. his idea. Mm-hmm. We both presented three different ideas because we knew we wanted to do something together. We just didn't know what. Mm-hmm. So we presented three ideas each to mm-hmm. each other. And the second I heard the idea for a surprise, I was like, that one. Mm-hmm. That is the one that we need to do. That's the one we need to make. So then he wrote the script. Um, we, pa- you know, I gave him some notes. We passed it back and forth, and then we started casting. And we literally just looked at the hashtag like POV acting, you know, or acting challenge. Yep. Um, and then that's how we found them. And so, wait, is Eliana? Is Eliana in it? No, she. Okay. Um, that was she was in a clip from one of the actresses TikTok, oh, okay. um, Inca. Okay. She's in the Philippines. She's incredible. Yeah. She also has a podcast um, and she does voiceover and things like that. She has like the most soothing voice you will ever hear in your I life. Had a soothing I'm voice. so jealous. Like I'm I could s- talk to her, I could listen to her speak for hours. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's how we found them all through TikTok and mm-hmm. we presented the idea to them and they were all on board. I mean, it was incredible. We didn't like, they were just, such troopers yeah and we filmed we realized the best way to do it the film's 13 minutes long and we realized the best way to do it would be to just run the entire film like no separate takes they literally act almost like a play like they acted out the entire 13 minute film and that was take one and then we had them do it again and that was take two so it was a long take yeah wow 13 minutes long wow um, just all the way straight through so if if one person messed, I mean, we were, we kind of clipped things together, but yeah. um, not not one of the actors made a mistake at any point through any of the like five or six takes of a 13 minute long film. No one made a mistake. No one forgot a line. I mean, they were incredible. You know, and that's the thing is people want to hate on creators and uh, sometimes creators are some of the best untapped talent out there. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to find them. And, and these are people that are able to, you know, they they don't have to endure some of the traumas or they they weren't able to be on sets as kids and had, right. had to kind of sacrifice that time yeah. um, and, and put that effort in early on so that they could be in queue, yeah. you know, to like kind of be here forever. But it's like they're they're still out there and they're right. in these different countries. And you're actually making that visibility happen for them, which is... Yeah is the change yeah yeah that was that was the goal we wanted to kind of change people's perspective you know because a lot of people they like mock these pov acting challenges and things like that Mm -hmm. and like um we wanted to show people that like these are actual serious actors this is just they're just getting discovered in a different way they're just going about it in a different way taking a different avenue um and we wanted to kind of like change people's idea of these 
POV TikTok actors. And I think we did that because they really did such a good job. Good. I want to see it. Yeah. So where can I see it then? It's on YouTube. It's on my YouTube channel. Okay. My YouTube channel is just my name, Madison De La Garza. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where a couple of my other films live. But what do you yeah. mean other films? <laughs> I have a couple other ones. I, I made my first film when I was 15. I, I wrote it. Yeah. Um, And then I did another when I was 16. I called it Subject 16. Mm-hmm. A little on the nose because I was you like. You were 16. I was 16. Right. <laughs> I, I was like, this is going to be such a cool Easter egg because like I was 16. Yeah. When I made it. Yeah. But I mean, I at least it's not like um, Fast and Furious, like 10 and they're in the moon or whatever <laughs> the fuck they have going yeah. on right now. So. Yeah. Um, That's on the nose. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> so true. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I made another film called Subject 16. It's a sci-fi. I wrote it and produced it and starred in it. So that was really fun. Yeah. Um, That's and a then, lot. Yeah. So you've just always been business-minded. Absolutely. Interesting. Your whole family yeah. seems very business-minded. For sure. Very, like, strong female presence. Yeah, very much so. Very yeah. much. We're very, we're very independent. Very much, like, I'm going to do it myself, and which can be an issue at times you know sometimes I need to ask for help and I don't I take on too much which is I think one of my biggest flaws is like I want to do everything myself because I want the control Mm -hmm. um I am a bit of a control freak and I think that's why I am a good director is because I that's you know I like to control things yeah um no absolutely especially being a female director with like a crew of all men um, I think you really have to be like trust yourself. You have to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to know how to command a room. I'll tell you what. Um, what makes me really sad. I'm, I'm I'm thinking things have changed a little bit with the fact that mental health is really even you know common importance of everybody, mm-hmm. especially since pandemic and stuff. I think it's right. really normalized to even just bring it up. Yeah, broach the topic of it. But women um, who cry on set, Mm -hmm. if they're in positions of power, are immediately um, (laughs) like discounted as authority figures. And I remember some of my girlfriends that did go to AFI and, you know, did cry on set. Like that was the the hot goss was like, oh, you know, so-and-so, they like cried on set. Yeah. Um, And... And it is it is a leadership role mm-hmm. that, you know, is is really genderless. If you think about it that way, if you're thinking about it, like I'm here to lead the people to get this job done. Yeah. Um, and emotion kind of takes a back seat to that. Right. Um, although it is the through line of like what you're trying to do. Right. Like you want to make an environment that's safe for people and so that right. they can do their best work. And I'm curious, like, did you feel like you were able to project that even in the Zoom experience of like directing your actors and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that was, it was an interesting experience for me because I was the youngest person on the entire project. Mm -hmm. So being the director and trying to, you know, hoping that everyone's gonna take you seriously and listen to what you have to say, even though I'm like seven or eight years younger than some of these, some of these cast members. I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to handle it. I mm-hmm. I was, but everyone was, they were such troopers and they really did, um, they really did listen and take in what I had to say. And I do feel like I was able to kind of get everyone's attention, get everyone's respect and command the, not the room, because we were all in different rooms, but you know. Um, the space. The space, the meeting space. Yeah, 
That's really cool. Yeah. So what's 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 on, what's from the future for you? Like, what is it that you are trying to manifest the most? That feels the the most right for you. If you could literally, yeah. like, if you could be like, you know what? In five years, this is where I want to be. Yeah. Like, I'm really curious. All all encompassing. Do you want kids? Do you want to? You know? Do you? Is that farthest thing from your mind? Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, I actually I have my life pretty planned out actually i feel like i i knew this <laughs> yeah. i think that maybe that's just the energy that i, I give wish off. we would have been like, friends when i was in my 20s because i feel like i needed you yeah bad. <laughs> oh my god that's such a great compliment all right Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah no i definitely obviously directing and writing is the first thing on my mind i love that um but for now i actually want to go to school to be an elementary school teacher. Wow. Um, I know that's kind of random, but oh, that's awesome. But I really love working with kids. It's a huge passion of mine. Ever since I was like in sixth grade, I was tutoring other kids and I was in a mentorship program and I ran a summer kids camp with my two best friends. And it's just like very much in me. Um, I don't know if I have, I feel like I'm a little bit motherly and I like can definitely pull that out of me and I do eventually yeah I really do want kids that's definitely on my wish list of things that I want to do but mm -hmm. um first I want to be an elementary school teacher and while I'm working at a school and working with kids I even I also thought about being a set teacher actually that would be amazing yeah like because I have a coalition for child performers and it would be fantastic to have you sort of join in on yeah. any of that so i've really would love to have you as part of that that would be amazing i'm, I'm just lowering everyone in but yeah. um for good reasons and i think like it's a when it's when you're looking at a coalition mm -hmm. it's it's more of an idea that like everyone has one place that they can meet up um in a very neutral and safe environment mm -hmm. um and so for right now it's just my little website and it's got sort of a pop-up that you can type your email in and then i just have a database and then eventually it's going to be you know folks like you that I know are interested. And then mm -hmm. right now I meet like monthly with people and we just talk about the infrastructures that and stuff that needs to happen. Yeah. I, people who listen to the podcast know that I talk about this all the fuck time. <laughs> but yeah, at the same time, it's like, I love kids too. Mm -hmm. I fucking love kids. And then becoming a mom makes you love them even more when you already, yeah. I didn't, you know, growing up on sets, like I didn't actually get a chance to babysit. Right. I was the youngest too. Yeah. Is Dallas younger than you or are you the youngest? I'm the youngest. So it's like, yeah. I'm the youngest. Like I was always playing the older sister too, weirdly enough. And right. like, I was, I don't know why I was that archetype of strong female character. Yeah. Right? Um, and so uh, I never really had any like, interest in, in having kids and whatnot. So I did ha end up having kids a little bit later, but I'm also very grateful that I had that choice, yeah. that I met my partner and that he's a very good co-parent with me. Mm -hmm. um, and that um, it's actually made us so much stronger to have children together. That's amazing. Yeah, it's That's really beautiful. Tethered us together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then living in Texas has really rooted us into a place where we feel very neutral because I personally feel like being here is a bit triggering for me. Yeah. Every time I fly in to do, you know, the podcast and stuff, I'm I'm trying to keep myself in the present moment. And like these interviews really anchor me yeah. to like a human experience. And it's a really beautiful like healing space. Yeah. Um, and I and I hope that you can have that for you, too. And we we that would be amazing to have someone like you as a as a set teacher. Yeah, truly. No, I, yeah, I, I think one of the reasons that I am very protective of children mm -hmm. is because I had quite a rough childhood, mm -hmm. and so I think I'm kind of like trying to heal my inner child by being a good role model for other kids. 
Um, and I think my set teacher on Desperate Housewives, her name was Miss Sandy. Mm -hmm. And she was like a family member to me. I mean, Good. she really like, I like that. not only, you know, I think as a set teacher, it's very important not to just teach, but you also have to be an advocate for the children on set, mm -hmm. you know, and you, it's very important to watch out for them and to, you know, make sure that everything's okay, make sure they're being treated well and mm -hmm. to stand up for them when it's necessary. I did a scene on Desperate where we had, we adopted a cat and I, what I think it was like one of the intro scenes and I was riding down the street with the cat in the basket and they put a harness. And on you were how old again? Oh, I want to say eight or nine. Yeah. And they put a cat, they put the cat in the basket and put a harness on it so it wouldn't jump out. Um, in retrospect, that doesn't even make sense. Like it obviously didn't work because the cat ended up jumping out of the basket when it because it was scared but it was on its harness but it was in the harness so it was like tangled up in the harness yeah. dangling out of the basket yeah. disturbing to watch as yeah. a child yeah because my cat my kid loves cats like, i just i love animals and i, I always have mm -hmm. and so the you know the animal wrangler came over and tried to put the cat back in the basket and the cat ended up slicing his finger <gasps> so bad i mean there was blood everywhere oh that's very traumatizing um and i looked at his hand and like i saw like the muscle in his hand like it was so so deep i could see in to his finger very traumatizing very upsetting and also you felt like that was a part you were you did that right i was like oh my god i did something wrong yeah. or like i i didn't ride the bike i scared the cat because mm -hmm. i wasn't good at riding the bike you know i'm mm -hmm. it was terrifying mm -hmm. um so we ended up you know we had to take a break they had to convince him to go to the hospital and um i remember they came into you know i was sitting in my little chair and they came in and they were like okay we're gonna try it again and my set teacher said absolutely not like you do not realize that you you guys just traumatized this child. I mean, she was furious. She mm -hmm. was like, this was traumatizing for her to watch. You either use a fake cat or use the take that you've got. We're like, I'm not letting her experience that. We're not doing that. That's so um, good to hear. And I was so grateful for that. I will always remember that moment that she like, that's an example of when you really need to be an advocate for the children on set and not just, you know, teach them multiplication. Um, I, I believe we ended up using a fake cat after and nobody that. knew the difference. And no one knew that. I was like, why didn't we do this the first time? <laughs> exactly. Because it's an adult working environment. And so they're not gearing it towards you. It's not right. for you. It's not. No one really truly cares about right. the child's experience. So thank you for that share. That was really yeah. good. <laughs> I get all like worked up about it, too. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I do, oh too. Oh, my God. I yeah. love her. I did like. <laughs> That's great to hear. Well, I'm glad. I'm, and I'm glad that you were able to come today, you know, um, it's a it's a really uncertain time um, in um, <laughs> the the livelihood of people who are you know like us who've come up in a certain way and um, of course there's always things that people want to talk about specifically or try to extract um, like you know gossip from stuff mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying and like. I try very hard on Vulnerable to create a safe space for everyone. Yeah. Um, I think I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I think you've done a great job. Thank you. <laughs> and I think that um, I don't want my demographic to be people who just are seeking like like valueless value. Right. Um, and 
and when they can actually get to know someone like you mm -hmm. rather than be like, oh yeah, she's so-and-so. It's yeah. like, no, you're Maddie. Right. And and you have a lot of things going on and you're fucking cool and interesting. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, and you've got tons of stuff on the horizon. And yeah. I think people are definitely rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. Thank you. So keep kicking ass. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm so, <laughs> this is... And then I, I think we mentioned that we could find your short surprise yes. on your YouTube. Yes, on my YouTube channel, which is just my name. And then you're on TikTok. Yeah, I am on TikTok. You're having fun? Loving it. Good. Yeah. And yeah. I will fight for you. <laughs> Thank you. So People much. come for me too, but I will always fight for you. I will be Thank there. Thank you. I really I'm watching appreciated you. that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It's not even, you don't even have to appreciate it. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> Thanks so much for checking out this episode of the Vulnerable Podcast. For clips of this episode, go ahead and check out the Podco YouTube channel. Links in the description. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.